Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. A returning Paul. Hooray! It's not just me talking this time. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere. I think we're fine. <laughs> a returning me, I should say, then. Yes, um, on this week's show, we're going to be continuing our Series 2 retrospective with a look at the girl in the fireplace. But first, let's have some news. And um, yes, well, yeah, sorry to leave you behind whilst I was sunning up in LA, Paul. It was unseasonably warm weather as well. As I as I left you behind in cold wet London, I was going to say, and typical of this this podcast, I'm ill again. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing nothing new there. It's usually it's, it's usually the pit return from Galley have the Galley funk, and you didn't even go and you caught <laughs> it. <laughs> I just decided I, I I'd cut out the middle bit. Yes, yes. Well, just to rub it in, I had a whale of a time anyway. Yes, so, thank yes, you. yes. Um, I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to go back, really, if mm. if if my if my wife allows me. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it all depends on it. All depends on that. But uh, anyway, let's crack on with uh, with this week's uh, news then. Um, now, uh, whilst we've been away, actually, oh, there's one thing I I forgot as well. The big thing was uh, Lego Doctor Who. Yes. Yes, I forgot. I, I suppose that it could have gone into Tack Corner, but it, it's too important to go into Tack Corner, as far as I'm concerned. Actually, yes, we're finally getting some Lego Doctor Who. Um, now, it's been reported on numerous podcasts um, because we've been away quite some time when after the news broke, haven't we? Yeah. So uh, it's been covered elsewhere, so you all know what, what's coming. But um, I'm just excited. Hopefully, this is one step closer to getting a Lego Doctor Who computer game. That's but, all you want, really, isn't it? It is all I want out of this because I think it's just going to be um, the, the, the best thing ever because it, it just lends itself to so many things. And the um, like all the Lego... Film license games have been massively popular, and I think it's probably the only thing you could possibly put Doctor Who into for a computer game. Yeah, really, because they're not um, they're not first person shooters. They're not violent, which again, which sort the Doctor is. He's not a violent person. He, he sort of you have to solve puzzles in the games as well. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's a shoe in really, as far as I'm concerned. Of which you have no opinion, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> totally. Well, let's get. Is, is it, are there things as video games? I don't know. Yes, we have moved along from Pong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get onto some news. Pro, hope it's some news that you'll be interested in, Paul. Right. Hopefully, uh, yes. Oh, there's, there's, there's a new Sinclair Spectrum out, is there? <laughs> Do you know what? Funnily enough, there is. <laughs> There is. They do. You know those. Um, you could buy those little consoles with the, all the Atari games loaded on. Yeah. They're doing one for the Spectrum as well. So, um, which yes, I will buy. I will buy. I'm dying to play Chucky Egg again. <laughs> I really am. I can't wait to play that. Anyway, um, news. Doctor Who news. Um, I just I like the fact they have to get Daily Thompson out of retirement to do to, to do Daily Thompson's decathlon. <laughs> Oh, that's a classic, though, Danny Thompson's decathlon. Blimey. <laughs> anyway, never mind this trip down memory lane. Um, yes, Doctor Who news. Yes, uh, now, block two of filming has got underway as of uh, last Thursday, actually. And um, Hetty McDonald, it says, uh, will be returned to the director's chair uh, for the first session. And, of course, Hetty McDonald hasn't directed a Doctor Who story since The Weeping Angels um, in Blink. 
Yeah. So I'm quite looking forward to see what she's doing, actually. Mm. I really am looking forward to it. Um, I must be honest, there's not been a lot of leaks from the set on this one, has there? At no. all, since f- from block one of filming or, or anything from block two. Might we're going to get some genuine surprises this time. Yeah, so all, all, we know, all we know so far is there's a big map of the world with lots of red dots in it. Exactly, which <laughs> could be anything, couldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it could be anything. Now, um, always to do with uh, filming as well. Now, it doesn't really come to any... I don't think it comes to a surprise to anybody, really, does it? That um, It's been confirmed that Missy is back in Series 9. Uh, she's going to be in the series opener. Um, so popular demand, question mark? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll come on to that in a minute, actually. It says um, she'll return in the two-part premiere, The Magician's Apprentice um, and The Witch's Familiar. Mm, make of that what you will. Yeah, I, I, it says it's um, she was an instant hit last year. So she's uh, it says she's straight back to plague the Doctor and Clara in the series opener. But what brings her back into their lives is the last thing they'd expect. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we, we've made our... I thought we made our position clear on Missy, haven't we? Yes. Yes. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you just want to think, is, is this just... Like, okay, we, we expected her to be back, so does this get it out of the way, first of all? Maybe. Maybe or is yeah. it, it going to be like Pertwee and the Master in every single episode? Oh, God, I do hope not. I do hope not. Um, <laughs> there's only so much of Missy. I mean, I've got nothing against... Oh, we said before, we've got nothing against the fact that the... The master is now a woman. Nothing against that. I just don't like the portrayal too much. No. It's too over the OTT. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, what's interesting, though, um, it will also see the return of Gemma Redgrave. Uh, I'll say that again. Gemma Redgrave. I don't know <laughs> whose name I was pronouncing just then. <laughs> I don't know. No. Gemma Redgrave. Um, uh, <laughs> Gemma Redgrave as Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. Um, now, the other really interesting thing for me is that Claire Higgins is also in this episode. Now, Claire Higgins was last seen as a healer in Night of the Doctor, mm. which was the Paul McGann short. Now, is this a return to Khan, I wonder? Mm. Or do you see how the Master regenerated into Missy? Cause Maybe. Because the, the thing with the uh, the Sisterhood of Khan, you can, as you saw with uh, Paul McGann, they sort of gave him a choice of who he wanted to be. Yeah. So, I know we're putting two and two together, probably come up with five here, but um, yes. But, probably we are, yeah. We are, but I'm intrigued anyway, I'm intrigued. I hope it is a return to, to that anyway, because it sort of uh, opens up the mythology a little bit more about regeneration, as far yes. as I'm concerned. So, um, but, yeah, two-parter, which is a, a good thing to start off the series. Apparently there's going to be two two-parters in this series, so I've heard. No, we wait to see. I mean, we, we, yeah, it, if they're done okay, they're, they're good. If they're, if, they, if they're not, then it does take a large chunk out of you series it does really doesn't it it really does but uh now if anyone's wondering are these are spoilers we shouldn't be talking about it no this was officially released by the bbc you'd you'd have had to have been working pretty hard not to yes not to have found them and to be quite honest this can't really be considered a spoiler anyway it was it was a given she was going to be back yeah absolute given so anyway but as we were talking about uh kate lethbridge stewart now the most interesting thing is that Big Finish uh, announced, this is a couple of weeks back now, um, but they announced that um, the Kate Lethbridge-Stewart era of Unit is going to be um, on Big Finish then in their own series called Unit Extinction, which, which is the first yeah. time the new series 
um, has been taken into like the big finish, well, canon, really, I suppose you could call it. Well, to the extent that now are they going to have to... Well, is, is this saying something about what's going to be happening to Kate Stewart in, in Doctor Who? Are we going to see her disappear from there so then Big Finish can just take over and not have to worry about continuity mm, going do. forward or are Big Finish really going to have to start worrying about continuity with this in the fact of this is going to have to sort of dip in and out of where the show's running well ball accounts Steve, I mean uh, well not but ball accounts I mean, I've had this sort of straight from the horse's mouth that uh, Jason Hay- Ellery I think it's one of the BFI things last year or year before now sorry um said that they have to check in with the BBC when they do certain stories. They've got an idea and they have to sort of check in to say, oh, no, we're, you know, we're going to be doing that or you can't do this because we're going to be following up on this particular um, strand from years ago or something. So they, have to, they do have to sort of check in with the BBC quite regularly. Well, I mean, uh, I, can't, script, I, so... I, can sort, I can sort of understand that the fact that you don't want sort of big finish using a, using a, a story line. I think one of the ones was... Uh, Queen Victoria, wasn't it, that he said about and the fact that they wanted to do a story with the Doctor meeting Queen Victoria and was told, no, we're going to do that in the series, which became Tooth and Claude. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, This, probably more so, just the fact that you just, whatever they do to Kate Stewart, if she's going to be coming back into Doctor Who series, Mm. does it have to... Do they have to be careful what, how, what they give her or... Well, I think they're going to have to be, really, aren't they? yeah. Yeah, they really are. But it's going to be interesting to see if... I think what a lot of people are hoping that the like Big Finish and the new series, uh, or the TV series, I'd just say, are going to dovetail in together. Yeah. Um, whether it will to that extent, I doubt it, really. But it's interesting, this is the first step into... You know, big finish getting the rights to something out of the new series, and I yeah. think people are sort of hoping now this is going to lead on to possibly getting Tennant or Matt Smith doing audio plays. Well, Who it knows? Is, I mean, it's it's a pretty quick move, isn't it, from it's, someone from the yeah. TV to the to big finish? So very very quick, and it's a, I think it's a bit of a coup really for big finish to get this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just is interesting. You just sort of do now wonder where what's going to happen with Unit in the next series coming up mm. TV series coming up because this is obviously going to be then released in November which may well be that this is released at the end of end. series 9 quite possible quite possible so well time will tell won't it yes time will tell anyway um, yeah that's it that's all we got for the news this week isn't it it is that's all we got for the news but there is time for a long overdue trip to Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, now we've got one item of tat. Well, I say items of tat from one place, really, isn't it? Um, they all follow a certain theme. Now, we're, well, you're pretty certain you've seen these before, and the yeah. the um, the article here does say this, this has been out for the past year, but we haven't covered it, have we? No. So, um, do you know what? I'm not actually conscious of anyone else covering this. To be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure if anyone... Well, no, no, I've listened to anyway. Now, covering probably being the word here, isn't it? Mate? Yeah, oh, well done, sir, well done. Um, yes, there's a company called Vinyl Revolution, uh, and basically they've done a lot of Doctor Who stickers, wall art, and fridge wraps. Now, in case you want to know what a fridge wrap is, uh, basically they do a TARDIS fridge wrap, and basically what it does, it's a vinyl 
that's what you say. It's like a big sticker, isn't it? And basically, you can turn your fridge into the TARDIS. So you basically turn your fridge into a, into a police call box, complete with light on the top. Um, yeah, it looks pretty okay. Now, the thing with the, the TARDIS uh, travelling... Uh, sorry, this is the TARDIS time-travelling police box fridge wrap. What a mouthful. Um, it seems to range from between £29.99 to £129.99. Yeah. That depends on the quality or the size of your fridge. It must do, it must do. Um, I've got to be honest, if I lived on my own, I'll probably, I, I <laughs> probably probably would probably do, do that. I would do that. Would I would be living on my own if I had that, yes. <laughs> but they do all sorts of other things as well. They do um, uh, they do a TARDIS silhouette vinyl wall art sticker. Uh, that's ranged between twelve ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine. They do uh, a TARDIS time-travelling police box vinyl sticker for a door. So basically, it's for your normal house doors, $44.99. Uh, what else have we got here? They do other wall art things as well. It's like a, it's almost like a, a almost like a three, it's a 3D one. Um, Ranged between $16.99 and $26.99. They do decals, vinyl decals to put on your laptops, which seems to be uh, Dalek themed, don't they? Yeah. They're, for, they're ranged about four quid. Um, and I was, I was looking at the, uh, just looking at the Dalek robot vinyl wall art yes there and I was thinking yeah put that on there and then put a cop beside it that's good (laughs) (laughs) that helps as well that won't won't cause any trouble in the future (laughs) oh god just noticed that yeah crikey someone get a bigger look at that photograph (laughs) you're you're just gonna you're just gonna wake up every morning (laughs) isn't it there it is is the Dalek coming out it's next to the cot and a, and, a t- and a teddy bear on the floor, which I think is probably just incinerated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. That's nightmare fuel, that, isn't it? <laughs> oh, crikey. Oh, dear. Well, that, that's it for Tat Corner. I mean, what we'll do, I'll, I'll, put, the, um, I'll put the link up on our, um, on our Facebook group so you can see for yourselves, actually, um, because, yeah, it's... There's some interesting stuff on there, I think. It's not it's not the worst yeah. tack we've ever covered, I, I, I've got no. to be honest. So it looks quite nice. If you like that sort of thing, of course. If, you, if, you, if you've got the room and... And you, and you live alone. <laughs> and I was going to say, and you've not got anyone else to try and convince. <laughs> yes, I don't think it's the sort of thing you want to bring someone home to, really, is it? And sort of... Sort of... Show show well, them sort of the, what life you lead. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I suspect any pretense you've given, <laughs> yes, <laughs> will we'll disappear. Them. Yes, the, the air of mystique you've built up will be shattered immediately. <laughs> they walk through into your kitchen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right then, everybody. That is it. And, and, say, and, oh, you live al- and if you live alone and you've got a cot, then that probably really is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for a moment there, and if you live alone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that goes without saying. Christ's sake, don't look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well as we know I've just insulted all, all our lonely listeners. Uh should, should we call the call her down the news then? <laughs> I think we can <laughs> think we, we better add. Okay. Um so that's the that's it for the news, that's it for Tats Corner. So coming up next our uh, re- retrospective review of the girl in the fireplace. So for another week then, that was the news. Thank <laughs> you.
Right then, everybody, it's time to continue with our Series 2 retrospective, and this time we're going to look at the girl in the fireplace. The clock on the mantle is broken. It is time. Doctor! Doctor! There are creatures. I don't even think they're human. We can't stop them. There is a man coming to Versailles. He has watched over me my whole life, and he will not desert me tonight. What are you talking about? What man? The only man, save you, I have ever loved. I need to find out what they're looking for. There's only one way I can do that. You are inside my mind. A spaceship from the 51st century stalking a woman from the 18th. The monsters and the doctor. It seems you cannot have one without the other. You are merely the nightmare of my childhood. And if my nightmare can return to plague me, then rest assured, so will yours. Okay, Paul, it is your turn to kick this one off, isn't it? It is. Yeah, what do you think, then? And right from the start, I actually do love this this episode. Okay, okay. Um, I do. Um, I, I was actually putting the DVD in, which is from the box set, and yeah. thought to myself, actually, is there a better three episodes on one DVD than, than this one contains? <laughs> That's true, actually. That is true. Um, I'm and in, the, I'm in agreement with you. I'm totally agreeing with you. It's previous just, ones on that. Yeah. Um, this, this is a fantastic story. And it is is the sort of story when you think to yourself, this is this is why we wanted Stephen Moffat a showrunner. <laughs> These stories, exactly. I think it- not, n- nothing to trying to be put an arc in or anything like that. Mm. Just give us a story, well written, keeping you interested in it. Good use of time travel, which you don't always get in Doctor Who. Either. Usually, a lot of time travel with Doctor Who is the TARDIS arrives and the TARDIS leaves at the end of the episode, end of the series, and that's it. Yeah, but this really does do that well, and you just think to yourself, actually, this is this is the plan. Why can't we just have these sort of standalone episodes? Get one writer to do one episode, a series, and yeah. let them do what they want. Yeah, just don't forget about arcs and and stuff just yeah. a bit of a complete well it's it's weird actually you say that because the the whole arc in this series is torchwood isn't it and there's not a single mention of torchwood no. in this episode uh which is quite refreshing because i think it's a little bit shoehorned in to to some respects like in um the previous episode school reunion they shoehorn in torchwood blocking mickey from looking stuff up mm. uh which it probably did that story didn't need you didn't need to be reminded yeah. of it. Um, no, it, and it just just works. It's just it's a perfect standalone episode. I mean, even to a large extent, Rose and Mickey are almost standalone in this because that doesn't really follow on from the previous story. No, apparently on the um, the, the commentary for DVD, the he, Stephen Moffat wrote this before um, he read School Reunion, so there's no. Animosity uh, between Rose and Mickey, or or, to, or Rose towards Mickey, I should say. Yeah, and you do watch this and think to yourself, actually, I would have quite liked the dynamic with Rose and Mickey. Yeah, and then the Doctor almost as a separate person. I'd have quite liked that as a dynamic of a for for this whole series, this whole uh, series two. Yeah, I, I think would have really been good. Yeah, I think. I think that's that's the that's the thing because. In the last episodes, you had Rose being really um, petty and jealous and spiteful, and 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 it um, that's one thing that sort of I, I didn't really like that much 
Yeah. Uh, even though School Reunion is a fantastic ep- um, story, um, I don't like that with Rose at all. I don't like this no. needy character she, she became. Um, and in this, it's completely forgotten. Now you know why, because Moffat hadn't actually read School Reunion. So, yeah. Um, but I think it really works. Are you just works. getting seen, seen with the two? Yeah. Them two, when they're basically the doctor leaves and they've got the fire extinguishers and it's going off to hunt the robots. Yeah. It's just really good. <laughs> and it's that whole thing where Mickey says, my first trip and I'll get a spaceship. Yeah. Um, when it's sort of him and Rose looking out the window into the universe. And it was such a nice little scene. Uh, you think, well, why couldn't they have done that more? Mm. Really? And you wonder actually with this, was this... Uh, Moffat wrote this and you see this it, was this sort of the embryo idea to Amy and Rory it does make you wonder that I've, you can see it though can't you yeah you can definitely see it there the couple that are travelling with him as opposed to um, one companion yeah and on all the third one being like a gooseberry yeah 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 I think it, I, I, I really liked it um, It okay it doesn't work if you compare or look back at school reunion because the whole Rose not wanting Mickey there. I don't want Mickey getting in between her and the Doctor. Um, yeah. That's completely missing or forgotten about. Uh, and you but, still get the bit, you still get the Rose is not quite, is, you know. Well, she, how, does, how, she, she doesn't get jealous, does she? Like she did with, with uh, Sarah Jane. She, there's, not there's, to the point of being catty, but you can sort of see the. She, she gets hurt. She knows there's something the up with the Doctor. She knows that there's uh, more yeah. to the Doctor and, and Renette. Than the doctor's yeah. letting on, yeah. But there's no silly jealousy or or Rose being spiteful towards her when they no. when they when they meet and have that 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 sort of two hander scene together. And she, and she's she's not she's even uh, sorry for him at the end rather than being as you would have thought probably the Rose of the end of school reunion would have yeah. been actually happy that how it turned out. Yeah, yeah, you're right uh, actually. Yeah, it's 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 it is weird coming off the back of school reunion. I think if this had been before, um, then I think that maybe that sort of the whole the whole thing might have worked a bit better. But um, but well, I, I, that... I like I like it as a standalone story, and I just wish yeah. they they as we keep saying, I just wish they had have done that with Rose and Mickey. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you, know, you never know, but you do wonder. Well, you do wonder whether the, that town Moffat would have liked to have seen it, and that's how he wrote this one because it because yeah. it is different. To, with them two completely to anything else that had been before or after, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. And I, that, I have to say it's one of the reasons why I like it. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, this is this is basically a love story, isn't it, for the Doctor? Yeah. Um, which, which actually is one of the things you'd say, oh, I don't like the, the Rose-Doctor relationship because you're not quite sure if you really want your Doctor to be in that sort of... Um, relationship, mm. but oddly it works on this level because you get the feeling it is doomed. Yeah. So I know, and I, obviously, obviously you, you, yeah, well, you know that the Doctor and Rose uh, is doomed come the end of this, um, yeah, this series. But I think this is done so very, very well and, and really well acted between Sophia Moles and, and David Tennant. Yeah, it really is, and I think it's probably one. I think it's one of his best performances. To yeah. be honest, because he's he's not given a, a lot of opportunity to, to do a lot of grandstanding, is he? A lot, no. of sh- a lot of shouting in between clenched teeth. There's, there's, and... there's no grand speeches. No, there's... no, nothing like that at all, is there? Um... I, and there's bits in this that I like about the Doctor: the fact that even though he knows that 
their their problems, the robots, he still finds them beautiful and whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's it, it's everything you really want the doctor to be, really, isn't it? From that point of view as well. Well, I mean, I think that the ro- the clockwork robots are a fantastic design. Um, yeah, they look brilliant when they take all the masks and the wigs off. I mean, the the actual sort of effort that's gone into the clockwork it's it's beautiful. It really, as the doctor keeps saying, you are beautiful, and it was. It was a beautiful uh, bit of practical effects. It really was. The whole design on this, it, everything about this looks good as well, though, doesn't it? Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. Spaceship is is just about right in terms of being futuristic and run down. The well, I I like the design of the spaceship because it doesn't look like a spaceship. No, if you know what I mean, it looks more like a um, a space station. Yeah, more than anything else. Uh, but I I just love the two like contrarotating ends to it. Uh, I I just think it's a really interesting design and not uh, how can I put it? It's not sort of typical of Doctor Who, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and as you say, the rundown nature of it as well, um, and all the the bit with the the, the human organs being used to repair I mean, the ship. Is, it's, it's just a really well thought. I mean, the whole thing, and then really even then to the final reveal right at the end. Yes, is just oh, of course, you know, it just comes so obvious. And you think, so why didn't I see that coming? Why didn't I realise that was? What even they was even doing. now, after all these years, I still think that's a, a, a brilliant end uh, to, to this to this story. Because it is completely the end. There's no reaction to it. No, you don't. You don't get any of the characters react to, to why it is. You know, you don't get the oh, we should have thought of that from the characters. You know, or, you or, just... or, or you get that great big sort of the massive penny drops. Like, oh, that's why they're doing it. It's yeah, a, they all leave it thinking, well, we'll never know. Yeah. And it's just left to the audience to go. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It's great. It's absolutely great. And the whole thing about the the TARDIS lands in front of the painting of Madame de Pompadour as well. Yeah. It's. I think it's it's marvelous. It's absolutely marvelous. It's not often I can, or I think either of us really sort of wax this lyrical about a story, is it? No. And but yeah, and and getting back to the human parts, you see, obviously, if you get uh, Mickey and Rose doing the. Finding the parts, yeah. But before the doctor gets that, you see, you get the when he kept when they get the robot in the Versailles, yeah. And it's saying, "Where's the crew? We didn't have the parts." Yeah, there must have been about fifty members of crew. We didn't have the parts, and it's just like it's trying to explain itself. Exactly. I just, and- I love that. I love that. But the thing is, I mean, this is the thing. People um, knocked Moffat for reintroducing these robots or another version of these robots um, in Deep Breath. Yeah. But this hasn't been used since then, has it? So it's not as no. if he keeps repeating himself. Um, and I think this is a, a, a... How can I put it? It's not really a Doctor Who monster, but one of the the many sort of different things he comes across. I think it's it's worthy bringing back... Yeah, and they was used in a different way. They were. They weren't used exactly the same. No, you they know? was used. Yeah, it was used more as a nod to. Oh well, yeah. If you, if you, you well, let's see if you realise before the doctor where this is going, yeah. wasn't that? They was used in that way rather than oh, here's the same story. Here's the, here are these villains. So they're basically going to give you the same. They're going to be trying to do the same thing. Mm. Which they didn't. No. I, I, well, I certainly didn't think so. Anyway, I, think. I mean, these ones—if anything, the ones in 
uh, Deep Breath, if anything, had even less idea of what they were trying to do than... Well, precisely. They just sort of, you know, going to the, the promised lands, you know. Yeah. What, what was that then? They, they couldn't answer no. that one, could they? But. No. Whereas at least you sort of had the um, idea of what these were trying to do. They just, unfortunately, had got something really crossed. It's a bit like Hal in 2001. Conflicting orders and then try to work it out for itself. Exactly. Yes, there's, actually, you're right. It's very much like that, isn't it? It's very much like that. So they just give everyone another reason to not moff it now. He's ripping, he's ripping off someone else. <laughs> no, but but just in terms of well, I mean, and and this, this is supposed to have been inspired by the time traveller's wife as well, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um, but you know, but to a certain extent, if you can do it, if you can do it well. Mm. Then I mean, Doctor Who has always we've we've had this conversation on stuff on Series Eight, isn't it? Doctor Who has always been part of that. Oh, exactly. Um, and some of the best, the classic episodes were reworking of old stories. Yeah, that's what Doctor Who does best. Yeah, you know, um, I know, you know, people sort of say, well, it's already riffing on things it's already done before within Doctor Who itself. But Doctor Who's done that since the day it started. So, you if you know. get the characterisation right and the interaction between those characters right, yeah. Then it doesn't really matter how old the story is. To a certain extent, you can you can enjoy the story and the performances. You can do, and I think all the performances were spot on in this. I really do. I don't think there was. Um, I think you know, Rose and um, Mickey were sort of. Uh, can I put it that because it was that he didn't follow on from school reunion. That whole thing was reined in, and I think that was um, a, a happy accident. Really, you've got um, the sense you know, of fun that to a certain extent, that travelling with the Doctor would be. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you want. Um, I mean, apart from the fact that they nearly got their heads cut off and whatever. Well, but the, but the thing, you've got, but, you've, you've, yeah. got to have the, you've got to balance up with the peril. They've got to be in peril. Yeah. And, and that's that's what it does, you know. And I thought it was great, but um, you've got the whole thing about the Doctor being drunk. Yeah. As well, come back from, from the party, um, and you've got the horse and, and things like that. And there was some great dialogue in this as well. So when... when um, he calls the horse Arthur because it's a great name for a horse. And he said, "You're not keeping the horse." Yeah. He said, "I'll let you keep Mickey." <laughs> so there's 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 really great little bits of dialogue like that in it as well. Okay, and the, even just the scene know. where 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 you've seen him find the horse. Yeah. And then later on, you're see, you're looking down the corridor as he walks across, and the horse walks follow past him. You know, you're thinking it's just almost like a throwaway bit, but it just works. It does work. It does work. Okay. I mean, and we know the horse is there to do the end bit, which which probably is, is the bit that sort of takes you. You think they could have just done that a bit better. Yeah, if there's a um, a, a jump the shark moment in this yeah. story, that's probably it, really, isn't it? Yeah. But again, I don't mind really because the whole, I mean, it, it, it's been a fun episode, isn't it? Yeah, really. it's the fact that actually it didn't need the sort of close up of him winking. No. It could have. They could have just had the stunt man in a long shot until he gets off the horse, and that would have been fine. That would have worked just as well. Yeah, I think that would have been that would have been quite adequate, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. But again, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It, it. I think if if I think if the story had been anything different, and that bit had happened at the end, you, I think you you would have rolled your eyes a bit more and gone, "Oh, this is ridiculous," you know, and yeah. sort of really sort of dismissed the whole episode, but. Because of what comes before, 
And it is also a selfless sack by the Doctor as well. He knows there's not going to be any way back. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you could say he, he, he's he's done it to save the woman he's fallen in love with. Yeah. Which I suppose you could say is is kind of one in the eye for for Rose really because he's sort of there's they've been hinting at this this relationship between him and Rose, and then all of a sudden he just drops her immediately as <laughs> soon as someone else comes along. Well, it is interesting, really, when you're going back now through this, mm. as we are now going back backwards through these episodes. So we've we've done, you see, we sort of know where we are, where we've been with Rose in the future, yeah, yeah. or whatever. It's, it's you go school reunion and this one, and you're thinking to yourself, well, wasn't she sort of being put off by now? She she's seen that yeah. she's not the first companion, so she's got all that about how he just you know, well, maybe there comes a time when I have to move on, and then the very next thing she adventure she has with him is oh he's met somebody else yeah, and would have taken her with him if if he'd got everything working properly. Well, because at one point he tells her to pack a bag, doesn't he? Yeah, he's gone back for her, and yeah. as far as and as far as Rose and Mickey knows, that that's where he's gone. Yeah, it's only when he comes back alone that they know she's not coming. It's the whole thing as well because the, the I mean, it's, it's interesting at the end because it's Mickey is the one who picks up on the fact that Doctor wants to be alone. Yeah, um, and says to Rose, like, "Rose, I'll come and you show me around the rest of this place." And it's only then when he's alone he gets the he gets her letter out to read. But is is that because Mickey's realizing the same situation is coming for him? I I think so. I think so, actually, because I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to—I don't want to skip ahead to um, yeah. Rise of the Cybermen or anything. But, 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 but it's sort of—he—he's realised that. I mean, as much as we're saying this doesn't necessarily follow straight on from School Reunion. No, there is that part to it that he's sort of realising that she is now becoming a bit more than a bit infatuated with him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's, um, but I. Putting all that to one side, though, I don't really mind the fact that the whole everything that happened in the school reunion is forgotten about. No, because it, I think it, it it sort of gives you, as as you say, what what you would like the three of them to 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 interact. Yeah, really th- throughout the rest of the series because they're just going out having fun, and and I, as you say, I think you're right that that's what he he brought that back again for Amy and Rory. Yeah, to having a you know a couple travelling with the Doctor. To allow him to, there's a bit of room then for the doctor to go off and do things. Yeah. Without you thinking, well, hang on a minute, how can he just leave, leave her, or how 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 do you work this one into the rest of the story? You know. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Which you are sort of left if you try to look at this as part of the the ongoing story with this episode, but in some ways, which makes it better, I think. I think it does. I think it does, and I, I think really, I would, I would point anyone who's not sure of of Moffat's writing mm. towards this story. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, I'd, I'd point anyone in, in the direction of any of these stories uh, mm. when Russell T. Davis was the showrunner. It's it's almost the case against him being the showrunner, though, isn't it? Because uh, is he better just being allowed to go off and do and just concentrate write. Yeah. purely on getting one absolutely brilliant episode and yeah. leaving everything else to somebody else, rather than trying to get everybody following him. That's yeah, yeah. You could be right there. You could be right. I, I just think I just think these these stories are just a reminder 
mm. of how good Moffat can be. And also, perhaps this is a warning for anybody you're thinking, oh, I'd like to see him as showrunner. Because at the moment, we haven't, we've only got, we're only comparing any episodes they've produced well, to, exactly, to write exactly. single episodes. Yeah, um, I, I think, I can't remember where I heard it actually. Someone said, oh, Jamie Matheson for showrunner. Based yeah. on two stories he wrote for Series 8. Um, yeah. But he hasn't actually run any show before. No. He's never been a showrunner. Yeah. So how can you expect him to take on something as enormous as Doctor Who? Yeah. You can't. And, 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 and can, can really anybody... I mean, really, is, is, there, is there a question that the showrunner actually should resign himself from being a writer for that show? Well, wasn't and there... Just, yeah, I mean... There's there's almost a case you think for that, isn't there? That you just say, well, you know. Well, I think the problem is you've got the the, now you've got the showrunner. We're going completely off topic here, but I think the the, I think it's quite interesting conversation is the fact that now you've got the showrunner is he's the executive producer and the script editor. Yeah. So back in the day, you would have an executive producer and a script editor. They they wouldn't be one and the same. Yeah. And I think that's probably where the the problem may lay. Too much power. Probably, probably that, and possibly also because you're not concentrating on one task. Yeah. Because you're not concentrating on editing the script, trimming out the fat, trimming out some of the more sort of like um, frivolous aspects of, of of a script, and then you're also trying to exactly produce the program as well. So you're, you're out. Um, sort of promoting and, and getting people on board and it, it's they're, they're two massive jobs and I think for one person to do I think it's too much yeah and be main writer yeah it's just yeah, it's just much. it's just too much but also in back in the day the script editor couldn't also submit any scripts no that was the B, that was the policy at the BBC. I know the BBC is a completely different animal. Under now, so. their own name, as we've now found out. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> Eric Saywood got away with it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think. And it's in various through. Yes, indeed. It? But but maybe that but maybe there's a case in point because I mean I think um, Eric Saywood did write some good scripts and I think he was he was a good script editor. But I think when he tried to do both at the same time, yeah, it got a little bit messy. Yeah. So. Pff, you know, maybe there's, there's there's your evidence, really. Maybe that's it. But I mean, I'm not. You know, I think a lot of people use this whole thing that Moffat is the script editor, he is the showrunner, executive producer, what you want to call it. Um, that's why Doctor Who is rubbish. Well, no, it's not Doctor Who. It's not rubbish at all. Um, no. But maybe on occasion, maybe that does have a detrimental effect. Yeah. But then again, we're just reading between the lines. We don't know really know what goes on behind the scenes, do we? No, I mean, no, no, yeah, it's it's just sometimes you watch this and you just think to your these episodes like this, and you just think to yourself, is he trying to do too much? Because actually, you must want him to step away just so he can come back with a, with with stuff like this, stuff like this. Yes, yeah. And more, it, it's more, it's more because of what we're losing from him than what what we're actually gaining. Getting. Yeah. yeah, what we're yeah. getting from him. What we're getting from him is on the whole is fine. I liked series eight. Yeah, I did. But no problem with it. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, it's just sometimes you actually watch this and you just think to yourself, God, could you imagine then if he'd have been able to write something like this for Series 8 as well? <laughs> if he'd have had the time. It's, probably, it's just time, probably. It probably is. It probably is. I think that's the... I mean, that's the problem. He's, he, I mean, actually, it's not only he, he's sort of... He's the, he's the head writer, script editor, 
executive producer, um, but he's also coming up with the overall arcs for everything yeah. as well. And I think that probably does Doctor Who need an arc each week? Does it need and, to be and, mentioned? And that, it, I don't yeah. think this proves it doesn't. Go on the fireplace proves you yeah, don't need an and that, arc. And that comes into a lot of it then, because that then means he has to script edit everybody else's just to make sure that there's consistency. Yeah. Well, for the arc. But that's the position where, that RTD that's, found himself in, wasn't it? Because yeah. he had to make sure that um, everything followed his vision yeah. and his arc. Um, so, you know, he, he interfered. Not inter- oh, that's the wrong word. Um, he, he's, he's had, he, he's, you could see RTD was all over those scripts, was you know. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, anyway. But, and perhaps, actually, why Stephen Moffat's one stands out, because I suspect... He probably had a bit more control over his own scripts than some of the other writers under. Oh, I, was, I would ex- suspect that RTD that probably did tamper with them, but probably not as much as yeah. he would have done with, with others. I, I suspect Moffat was probably a bit more sure of himself in his position in it. Well, I, I mean, I've heard that um, there was certain, I, I can't name it off the top of my head, but there were, there were certain scripts that basically RTD completely rewrote. Yeah. But he still gave the original writer the credit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think that probably would have happened in Moffat's case. Probably not, not to such a, 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 a greater degree as, as the other writers, perhaps. But. So there's, there's, some, there's a the thing on this that's saying Moffat says he didn't include Torchwood at all in this because Davis didn't ask him to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So Which that, tends to tends suggest to, that... Yeah, precisely, yeah. precisely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, um, it's been a long while since I've watched this episode, um, and I sort of must have... I, I don't know what I thought I was going through my mind when I thought, sort of popped the DVD in, because I was sort of thinking, oh, blimey, I sort of... I can remember quite a lot about this story, and I thought, well, it's not that exciting a story, really. it's a love story, blah, 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 but... When I actually sat down to watch it, I thoroughly enjoyed it all over again. Yeah, and I I don't know why I was I was a little bit not not anxious about re about rewatching it again, but I wasn't that bothered. It, but I really am glad that I did. Yeah, I really Definitely. am glad that I did because it's a fantastic. Just, just 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 the just the the whole thing about the going right the way through the whole thing. It's it's the different times of her life and whatever. Yeah, how they cross and how the. Robots cross as well. Clockwork men cross as well with her life. Well, if actually, How that changes. It's... Well, actually, if you think about it, it is kind of a typical Moffat story where he, he does play around with time. Yeah. It's probably one of the first instances where he does, mm. to be honest. Um, he doesn't do that with The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. This is probably his first script where he does actually sort of play around that whole thing of um, they don't meet up in in order as such, do they? Yeah, or, or there's, there's enough of a... They're, they're, they're obviously going at different speeds. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great idea, and obviously he does revisit it like Robin River's song and, 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 and so forth, but uh, with the whole being out of, being out of sync and yeah. everything, but um, it's great. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic story. And if you haven't watched it in a long time out there, you listeners, I'd, I'd say go and rewatch it because it's it's great. Yeah, it's really great. So, shall we end that there? I think we will. Really, I think yeah. we will. Because I think we've we've. <laughs> I don't think we can say we, I don't we can praise this anymore. I, do you know what? I honestly cannot find anything I really want to 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 pick at with this. Really, yeah. 
There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing at all. No. no. Yeah, it, it, it just totally enjoyable both as a story, performance, and look. Yeah, indeed. It's it's. Uh... Do you know what? I'm always I'm going to go as far to say, and I don't really say this a lot about the new series of Doctor Who, but I think this one is a classic. Yeah, I really do. I don't, there's not many of the new series I'd say yeah they're classics. Um, there's some great stories, but there's nothing I can sort of I would sort of hold up to the original series if you know what I mean. But this, this, I think this is one of them. This is, yeah. this is definitely one of them. So, okay. Well, that's that. Um, so, what's coming up next then? Um, now, shoot, shoot. We, we. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> now, this episode was originally meant to be a book review, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Um, so, should we do that next week instead? Then. Yes. Let's do that. Were. Yes. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do next then, um, we just re- what we realised, we hadn't done, as, as, as part of our target novelisation reviews, we hadn't done a McCoy yet, had we? I don't think so. No, I don't think we've done. No, we definitely haven't done a, a, a target uh, McCoy. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at Battlefield. Yeah. Yes, for our, for our sins. So... Um, this is one of the later Target novelizations. I've got absolutely no idea how, how, it, how it's going to pan out against one of Terence Dick's ones. This one's written by Mark Platt. Yeah. So, uh, which was based on the on the script by uh, Ben Aaron Aaronavich. Aaron, Aaron, oh, I can't pronounce his name. I've had a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm never going to have a go. Aronovich. Aronovich. There you go, Ben Aronovich. There you are. So, um, there you go. There you go. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. Then. So there we go. So that's um, that's something to look forward to, eh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, everybody. So until next week, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.